This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And yesterday afternoon at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins and the Mets got together for a Sunday rubber match. Jesus Lazardo went opposite of the right-handed veteran Taiwan Walker. And with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Well, for the Marlins, the weekend started well. A 6-3 victory over the Mets here at Lone Depot Park Friday night. But the Mets bounced back with a vengeance the last couple of games. An 11-3 win last night. And this afternoon, they take the series two games out of three. Mets over Miami, 9-3 the final. Nine runs, 14 hits. Three more home runs for the Mets, who've now gone deep 26 times in a total of 17 games against the Marlins this season. Taiwan Walker was terrific on the mound. Mets jumped out to an early lead against Jesus Luzardo and never looked back in this one. We were scoreless into the second inning with one out in inning number two. Luzardo allowed a single to Jeff McNeil. He came back to strike out Mark Vientos in the Pembroke Pines native's first major league at bat. With Tomas Nito at the plate, McNeil stole second. So the Mets had a man at second, two down in the second inning. Tomas Nito the I got to stop saying light hitting catcher after the day he wound up having here today but the catcher came in batting 226 with no home runs this season on a 3-2 count worked a walk that put Mets runners at first and second with two outs in the second inning and it was back to the top of the order for renowned Marlins nemesis Brandon Nimmo 2-1 to Nimmo is blasted deep right center field Anderson's back and it's out of here a three run homer for Nimmo and the Mets go up 3-0 in the second. So after one extra base hit by a lefty through his first 13 starts, Luzardo's allowed two to the same man, Nemo, here in the first two innings today. That was one of the stories in this game. Luzardo came into this start allowing a 154 average against lefty batters this season. They were just 6 for 39 against him with 16 strikeouts. And only one extra base hit, a home run by Matt Olson of the Braves, August 13th in Atlanta. But in this game today, Nimmo went two for two with a double and that home run off Luzardo. And Jeff McNeil went two for two. He had allowed six hits against lefty hitters all season. Lefty hitters went four for four against Luzardo in this ball game today. Speaking about McNeil's hit in the third inning with the Mets on top 3-0, Luzardo hit the leadoff man, Francisco Lindor. He came back, though, and retired Alonzo on a fly ball to center and Darren Ruff on a comebacker. So man at first, two down. He walked Eduardo Escobar for the second straight inning, a two-out walk, extending a Mets opportunity to score. And McNeil, the aforementioned lefty hitter, delivered. Pitch to Jeff McNeil. is shot into center field. Going to get down for hit. Lindor touches third. He's sprinting for the plate, and he's going to score to make it 4-0 Mets. All four runs in the game have scored with two outs. In the fourth inning, with the pitch count mounting rapidly for Luzardo, Tomas Nito led off with a single, then Brandon Nimmo walked. Luzardo got Mark Canada to fly to center field for the first out. 
but then Lindor singled loading the bases with one out. At that point, Luzardo was done after 91 pitches in three and a third innings. He threw 92 pitches over seven innings in his last start, pitching against the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park on Tuesday. But today, 91 pitches in three and a third innings. He left with the bases loaded, and Waskar Brazaban came out of the bullpen with one out to face Pete Alonso. On 1-1, Alonso ground ball into the shift. Bernie to his right, has it, stumbles towards second, gets one. Back to first, not in time. Alonso beats the throw in from third, Nito. And it's 5-0 Mets. A good effort by Birdie, but because of where he was set up on the shift, that was a nearly, well, it was an impossible turn for him. Did all he could, but he had to take it himself because Rojas was to his right. Birdie went right to field it, then left back to the bag at second and couldn't get the throw to first base out of Alonzo. Brazabon then would strike out Darren Ruff, ending the fourth inning, but in the middle of the fourth, the Mets were in command, leading 5-0. Bottom of the fourth. Through the first three, Marlins had just one base runner against Taiwan Walker. Joey Wendell had doubled the two outs in the first, but that would change abruptly, leading off the home fourth, Brian Anderson. Anderson, first ball hitting, slugs one to center and deep. Nimmo's back at the wall. Goodbye, Brian Anderson to dead center. It's his seventh of the season to put Miami on the scoreboard. That made it a 5-1 to one game, but the inning would fizzle after that. Top of the fifth, the Mets would get that run back. And then some, Eduardo Escobar led off with a single. Jeff McNeil walked against Brazovan, two on, nobody out. A Mark Vientos fly ball to the left accounted for the first out in the inning, both runners at first and second. Up step the number nine man, that pesky, scrappy Tomas Nito. 2-1 to Nito is a liner down the third base line, fair, gonna go all the way into the corner. Escobar scores, they'll wave McNeil to the plate. He's gonna score. It's a two-run double for Tomas Nito. He's having a big afternoon, and so are the Mets. They're up 7-1 now. It would stay 7-1 for a while in this game. For the Marlins starter, Jesus Luzardo, three and a third innings. He gave up five runs, all earned on six hits. Walked three, struck out three, threw a wild pitch. Hit two batters, 91 pitches, 55 strikes. For Luzardo, the season ERA jumps from 336 at the start of the day to 3.81 at the end of the day, Oscar Brazabon went an inning and two-thirds, allowed two hits and a couple of runs, walked two, struck out two. Cole Solcer came out of the bullpen for the Marlins, pitched a scoreless sixth inning. Richard Blyer did the same in the seventh. Top of the eighth, Tanner Scott allowed a couple of hits. We got a double play and a great catch in center field from Bladé to escape unscored upon. And we went to the bottom of the eighth inning with the Mets still leading the game 7-1. to one. Taiwan Walker pulled after seven, allowed a run on five hits, no walks, 10 strikeouts for Walker, allowed the Anderson home run in the fourth inning. That was it, through 87 pitches, 61 strikes. Seth Lugo then came out of the bullpen in inning number eight for New York. And Lugo struck out the first man, Lewin Diaz, but then a base hit by John Birdie, and with a man on, trailing seven to one, Brian Anderson came up again. Anderson drives one out to right and deep, and this one has gone the other way into the second row of seats. Brian Anderson's got himself a two-hole run afternoon, and the Mets lead is cut to 7-3. For Anderson, it's his third career multiple home run game in the big leagues. Hit two in a game in 2019 here against the Braves. Hit three in a game, one of three, three home run games in Marlins history 
here at Lone Depot Park against the Nationals September 18th of 2020. But a two-home run, three-RBI game for Anderson today. He finishes two for four home runs, seven and eight. Runs his RBI count to 25. That made it 7-3. Unfortunately, that's as close as the Marlins would get. Facing Tommy Nance, the Mets would get those two runs back on two big swings in inning number nine. The first leading off the inning from Eduardo Escobar. Escobar smokes one way back right field, 8-3 Mets. Just about to the same spot where Anderson homered in the last half inning. So Escobar has hit his second home run in as many games. He stays on fire. Had a good series. Escobar went 2 for 4 today, 6 for 13, a double, two homers, and three RBIs against the Marlins this weekend. After Nance came back and retired McNeil, who had been 3 for 3 with a walk, and then got Mark Vientos, who finishes 0 for 5 in his Major League debut. There were two outs with nobody on in the Mets' ninth inning, leading 8-3. to three. One more big swing from the number 9 man, the catcher Tomas Nito. There's one crushed to center by Nito. Way back Blade at the wall. It's a home run for Tomas Nito. His third hit in the game. He's singled, he's doubled, he's homered, he's knocked in three. It's his first homer of the year to make it 9-3 Mets. In his 272nd plate appearance of the season, Nito goes deep for the first time. Only two players in baseball have been to the plate more often this year without hitting a home run. You've got Miles Straw of the Cleveland Guardians and Nicky Lopez of the Kansas City Royals. Nito with his first of the season, capping a big game and a big series for him. He was three for four, single double homer, three RBIs, three runs scored, and a walk today. Goes five out of eight, two doubles, a homer, and three RBIs in the series. Mets got two hits, a double, an RBI, and a run scored from their other catcher, James McCann, in last night's game. So the two catchers having three big games out of the ninth spot in the batting order. And with the needle long ball was 9-3 into the bottom of the ninth. Adam Adovino came on. He struck out Nick Fortes. He then hit J.J. Blade with the pitch. But Yerar Encarnacion hit a ground ball slowly toward the second baseman, McNeil. He fielded it, was able to apply the tag on Blade, and then throw on to first, trying Encarnacion. The game-ending double play goes 4-3, and the Mets take this one by the final of 9-3. For New York, nine runs, 14 hits, no errors, 10 left. For the Marlins, three runs, seven hits, no errors. They leave four. Taiwan Walker, the winning pitcher, 11-4. Jesus Luzardo, the loser, 3-7. Time of the ball game was three hours, one minute. With the victory, the Mets go 4-2 on their road trip, winning two out of three in both Pittsburgh and Miami. They improved to 89-52 on the season, 37 games over 500. They're 43-29 on the road, and at the moment, a full game up on the second place Braves in the National League East. Braves getting started uh, just a little bit ago in Seattle tonight. Now the Mets head home for the next seven, three against the Cubs and four against the Pittsburgh Pirates. As for the Marlins, they've dropped 11 of 13. If you want to turn the clock back a little bit further to July 6th, the Marlins in their last 60 games now have 18 wins and 42 losses after this 9-3 setback at the hands of the Mets this afternoon. Marlins now 57-82 and 82 on the year. No matter what happens the rest of the way, they are sure to finishing with a sub-500 record with loss number 82 today. Marlins are 27-40. and 40 here at home, where barring something quite unforeseen like winning out, they're going to finish below 500 here at Lone Depot Park 
as well. Next up for the Marlins, got the Texas Rangers in for the doubleheader, a day-night affair here at Lone Depot Park, 1-10 and 7-10 tomorrow. Then the Phillies are here for 640 games Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. The Marlins and Auto Nation are working together to strike out cancer in our communities. Every time Marlins pitch records a strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to Auto Nation's Drive Pick Initiative to support cancer research. Today for the Marlins staff, nine strikeouts. That's $225 for the season now, 1,215 strikeouts and $30,375 from the Marlins to Auto Nation's Drive Pink Initiative. All right, so the Mets uh, thoroughly handed to the Marlins yesterday. Uh, Walker cruised through seven. Lazardo struggled for Miami. Let's see what the skipper Don Mattingly had to say afterwards. Where do you think the struggle stemmed from from Lazardo today? Did you think it was lack of command with that slur, that slider there, or was it something else you were saying? Yeah, I haven't really went back and tried to look at it, but Nick sounded like he didn't really locate a lot today. I was hoping early he gets out of that jam in the first. That could be one of those days where your starter kind of gets out of that and then kind of catches a roll. But it, it just seemed like it just kept coming today. Obviously, you always want your starter to go deep in the game, but especially ahead of a doubleheader like yesterday, just I guess what are the challenges that presents with having to use a lot of guys from the bullpen and the state of it there? Yeah, I think it's something they'll probably have to talk about here in a minute. Um, you know, we had a game like this last night. Used a lot of our our guys uh, a lot today. Again, two tomorrow. You got to cover eighteen innings. So, yeah, it'd be something let's talk about. Walker worked very efficiently. What was it about his stuff that had guys just swing really early? He was pretty much challenging with the fastball early. It's like he was on the attack. And, uh, you know, as the game went on, he used a few, you know, more of his off speed. But for the most part, he was attacking us, I thought, uh, just kind of going after us with the fastball. Um, and usually when a guy's able to establish that, it gets guys work, you know, having to speed up a little bit and then the breaking stuff's going to be even better. Uh, but in general, I thought he's always, for, for me, he's pitched good against us. Um, but today, like, he was just on the attack all day. Back to Lazardo when it's his command may not be where it is against, especially against the team like the Mets where it's as aggressive as they are. Just the challenge of that when you could be behind the eight ball early against a team like that and just having to, having to fight through that. Well, it's you know one of those days where he, he hits two, walks three, he's at five hits. I mean, that's ten runners. Think about it in three innings against that club. That's going to give you. That's going to be trouble. So. Uh, and then it, when you get yourself in positions to get guys and try to get out of an inning or something. You know, and you're not getting the ball where you want. It ends up being trouble. Uh, Anderson did two home runs, two really well hit balls. To see that, see the power coming from him, and I think he's had I think five since coming back from the IL. Yeah, it's it's good to see. Um, I think it's what we would have probably been able to get from Andy if he had kind of stayed healthy all day long. You could see the swing coming early in the year, um, and then you know a couple of stints on the IL. Uh, kind of again chopped up his season. We've talked about it with a number of guys. When you start and stop and start and stop, it's hard to get a real rhythm. Uh, but he's been playing for a little bit now, and it seems like he's starting to get that. Uh, with the doubleheader tomorrow, Trevor's one. Do you know if he's going? Do you know if he has decided game one or game two for Trevor? Yeah, we haven't made the move. It's going to be Brax uh, is going to go game two, and Trevor game one. Hey, with Anderson, obviously. He's got a long way to potentially go in his career, but is he the perfect example of a guy you always wonder, man, 
what could this have been if he wasn't so dinged up in recent years? I remember you saying years ago, could have been like a 25 home run guy, you thought potentially. No, I think he hit 21 year, right? And and was heading that direction and then injuries seemed to slow him down. Uh, I still think it's there, he's still young. Uh, so you, you know, again, organization will have decisions to make whenever, you know, in the off season. Um, but it's still there. It's a matter of can he get to it? Can he stay healthy? Uh, with Garrett, since you said he's going to be in there for tomorrow, just going through, I'm not, don't remember pitching, I think it was like 40 something in that last start, just to me pitch count and more. Yeah, probably 100 to 110. <laughs> Somewhat of a pitch count, for sure. But we looked at it like, you know, bullpen game's a lot different, right? At least we know we got something there. Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins' loss to the New York Mets yesterday. The Marlins are right back at it this afternoon for a day-night split admission doubleheader against the Texas Rangers who are in town for one day. The first pitch in game one is scheduled for 110. The first pitch in game two is scheduled for 710. We will do full pre and post game shows for each game. As for game one, Trevor Rogers will go opposite of Glenn Otto. Braxton Garrett will get the ball in game two. Again, 110 and 710 starts. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.